1: What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? We were going through a little bit of technical difficulties there. That's why with the yeah. intro went about four or five hundred <laughs> times. But we're back. Welcome to the latest episode of Trade Gods. I'm Maddie Kewoom, and I am joined, of course, by my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man, Jason Allwine. What's going on, Jay? <laughs> nothing much, nothing much, nothing much, nothing much. Whatever. I don't know. Did your mic screen completely froze? I had to hop out of the the studio, hop back in. I did too. So something just went wrong then. But hey, we're here and we're joined by a very, very special guest. Someone that I've been wanting to do a show with for a while now because it was a little bit hard for us to make it happen. Do you want to go ahead and uh, introduce the guest that uh, we have on tonight, Jason?
2: Yeah, this man has already been on The Trade Gods and in uh, basically sat into my chair. Um, <laughs> you've seen him on Wake and Take. You've seen him on Fantasy Football Intervention. And I'm not forgetting it this time, the big tilt. This man is on the big tilt. That's where you all know him from. It is Chase Vernon, and we're so excited to have him on today.
1: Welcome.
0: What's going on, fellas? How's it going? What's up? What's up? What's up? Ooh.
1: Glad we could finally make this happen. I thought... I thought the stream gods were going to end this in a way that would have been so poetic where we were just about to kick off and all of a sudden the stream yard was just going to go, nope, 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 nope. Here's the intro 500 times. You cannot get the show, but we are here. Chase, thank you for joining us again.
0: Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I got my dog going crazy in the background, so hopefully that doesn't distract from the excellent information
1: we're about to dish out tonight. No, I mean, I'm a dog guy, so I'm... If you, want to put, if you want to pop him on camera, it'll be good. It's fine with me. <laughs> he'll probably make an appearance at some point. He's
0: got his bed right here. So normally he'll sit up at the computer and either stick his butt in the screen or stays in the screen. <laughs> we'll see what
1: happens tonight. Depends on our analysis of these trades, will be how he decides to, to view the audience here. So why don't we just get into it? we got nine trades tonight, a couple buys and sells. Let's get into trade number one is part of a 12 team. PPR, 1QB. We usually don't get a whole lot of 1QB stuff here, Ooh. but it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Team A, who is a contender, is getting Nick Chubb in a 24 third. And to get Nick Chubb in that 30, he's sending away DK Metcalf, AJ Dillon, in a 25 second. Chase, and you see this trade? What's your first thoughts?
0: Uh, it's it's an interesting trade uh, solely because I think that Team A is getting uh, ripped off essentially. I, I'm not a big Nick Chubb guy, right? I've talked about it on on Twitter how the efficiencies of Deshaun Watson are going to, I should say, the de- de- deficiencies of Deshaun Watson are going to end up hurting Nick Chubb because he just doesn't get the running backs involved. Meanwhile, people are so so high on Chubb right now; it's kind of like mind boggling to an extent. I'll try and pull up the uh, the thread that I have while you guys discuss it real quick, and then we'll come back to me. Okay.
2: Um, I mean, when I when I look at this trade, I mean. Obviously Nick Chubb is the best asset when you're looking at it overall, but I mean, getting DK Metcalf, who I would say argue is not too far off in terms of just who you want on your team when you're building a dynasty roster. So to be able to trade away Nick Chubb and still get another like foundational piece in DK Metcalf, get a pretty serviceable RB two, maybe RB three with AJ Dillon with a pretty high ceiling. If anything happens to Aaron Jones, I mean, I do think the Packers will be passing a lot this season. Plus I know it's, in 2025, but still a better draft pick overall as well. I'm I'm, I'm going to take the B side. I understand why you would make the move trying to get Nick Chubb, but I do think I'm going to follow in line a little bit of what Chase is about to dish out based on
0: his thread. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't understand like going out and trying to acquire an older running back in the first place, especially when you have a lifetime value with DK Metcalf far and way ahead. Meanwhile, AJ Dillon does not have tread in his tires yet. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been performing the fantasy playoffs for you. Uh, typically as efficiency comes. And then you're also getting a 2025 second-round pick and only giving up a 2024 third. I mean, that's yep. a massive upgrade as well. So I feel like you're upgrading all over the place. Uh, that's just a horrible trade. But let me go ahead and read this off real quick. With Watson, uh, Nick Chubb, or with, let's see, with percent, Nick Chubb was averaging 23 points per game, a 53.7% snap rate, one per one, per 1.1 touchdowns per game. With Watson, he averaged 15.25 points per game on a 61.3% snap rate, so he saw almost an 8% increase with 0.2 touchdowns per game because Watson did not feature the running backs in the red zone. With Bursette, the Browns saw 9.6 red zone attempts per game compared to only 7.8 with Watson, so there was a slight decrease in that, but it was mostly due to Watson's inability to sustain red zone drives. Uh, He only had a 39.3% completion rate in the red zone, which obviously hurts that, that situation. With Percet, Chubb saw 28.3% 28.3% red zone opportunity shares compared to just 17% with Watson. So essentially, he ended up seeing a drop-off in production because they didn't utilize the running back in the red zone, and there's typically a less of an opportunity because Watson was not efficient while passing in the red zone, which led to a lot of r- red zone rushes by Watson instead of giving Nick Chubb an opportunity. Regardless of what happens, I just don't
1: see Nick Chubb being an upgrade. He's a year older now. Uh, it just doesn't make much sense. Chase, Jason, I'm 100% on the same side as you guys here. I think this is an overpayment for Nick Chubb. The only thing that I will add is the timing of it makes it even worse, in my opinion. I think now is one of the worst times to trade for a 27 year old running back. These are the guys you trade for, you know, around Thanksgiving, you know, yeah. maybe a little bit earlier, Halloween. You kind of know what's going on. There's a lot of variables to be changed in terms of this offense. They keep getting passing weapons. So you imagine they will build this whole offense around the $200 million Deshaun Watson. I think I, I, all, for all the reasons you just named and the timing of it. Start nine, you want studs, but DK's a stud, right? I mean, like even yeah. start nine, we're all very happy to have DK Metcalf as one of our receivers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going with Team B on this one, guys. I'm going to go, I'm going to join with you guys. It's, it's Team B, and it's really. Not even close, and you know, yeah. Let's 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 go on to the next one because I don't want to keep trashing the Nick Chubb side. I did just draft Nick Chubb in a startup, but I'm full on win now, and it, it it's kind of a team build thing. with This, but that's for a, a topic for a different show. If you like that trade, we got eight more left to go. But before we get into trade number two, let's hear about that world famous draft
3: kit. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights that give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features, I mean. Individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioners section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash
1: draft kit. Go get it. Go get that world-famous draft kit and use the promo code JASON Jason. to get $10 off the all-in package. I was going to move on to trade number two, but guys, I I didn't want to get your opinion because someone in the chat, did he make a good point? Did he not make a good point? How much of a factor do you think Jerome Ford will play in this Cleveland Browns offense? Uh, I,
2: I would say at most two years ago, Tony Pollard, but I probably wouldn't even venture that high. I do think Jerome Ford will perform if given starter opportunity, if Nick Chubb goes down, but I'm definitely not really expecting him to do too much really become in startable really while nick chubb is on the field but i mean i do like the talent and think if he was given plenty of opportunity he would but nick chubb is just the type of guy that's going to have to get 25 carries a game uh and you know drone four might get like three carries like a it's
0: fine the only way that you're going to be able to know when to start drone four is if you follow the dose score it's the dump off containment efficiency score d-o-c-e if you guys follow that that metric, it'll tell you when you can start past kitchen running backs, and that's gonna be the only position that I played Jerome Ford in, is where there's a tremendously advantageous matchup in terms of the dose score.
1: Yeah, that comment came from our man Rob, the Harry Snowman in the chat. You said Pollard two years ago. Pollard averaged ten point eight game ten point eight points a game two years ago. That is a very, very that's friendly stealing. mark for for. Jerome Ford. So I think, but I, I I think the point is made though. At least you want to roster him in your deeper deeper leagues. If you have the rooms on your bench and you can get a hold of him, I think we all believe that he could be good. And when those passing games dump offs are going to be there, Chase, we'll we'll go to it. The next guy, I was this is probably my favorite trade. The most the, probably the most excited of any of the trades that we're gonna talk about tonight because well, Chase, you got the man's jersey hanging right there behind you. And I think it's one of the most fun trades to think about. It is DeAndre Swift. For Jerry Dewey in a 12 team half point PPR super flex start 11. Chase, which side do you want? Do you want DeAndre Swift or do you want Jerry Judy? It's so, it's so like muddled, right? Because the values
0: for each guy are, are somewhat questionable, right? Like, I think that Swift has more truthers on it, right? Like, there's more people that love DeAndre Swift. And there's more people that, that don't see any value whatsoever in DeAndre Swift, right? So he has a high ceiling, low floor in terms of perceived value. Meanwhile, Jerry Judy has a pretty consistent value, which is typically, you know, in two quarterback leagues, what, around like the sixth, seventh round, somewhere around there, uh, maybe mm-hmm. the fifth round if, if, you know, somebody's feeling spicy. But like, I mean, Swift can go as early as in the, the fourth or fifth round, as late as like the eighth or ninth round. So typically, this depends on your league mates, right? Like, which, which league are you in are you in a league that values running backs more are you in a league that that starts three wide receivers so you need to fill out that that depth spot uh you know that this is tough because they're so close together in terms of actual value or actual fantasy value i should say you know they both are dealing with competition to an extent uh we don't know what's going to happen with russell wilson we don't know if deandre swift is going to get the ball in the receiving game because Justin Fields left to run the ball himself so often so for me uh I think it's a good trade. I think it's very even. I'll go ahead and take DeAndre Swift by air. I don't have a lot of shares of Jerry Judy. I have a decent amount of shares of DeAndre Swift, so I'll take DeAndre Swift.
1: Jason, which side of this trade do you want?
2: I think I'm going to have to defer here, and maybe it's just the longevity game of wide receivers overall playing the 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 biggest role here, biggest factor. But even, I mean, last year Jerry Judy only played 15 games in a, in a terrible Broncos offense and still almost had 1,000 yards, 972 at over 1,100 air yards. You go back to his rookie season at almost 1,600 air yards, that's a ton. Uh He was top 15 in more than a few efficiency metrics as well. I, I just i i, I want to latch on to that. I do think that the Broncos' offense is going to take a step forward. Of course, next year, I don't think Russell Wilson is going to continue to be bad. I, I do believe in him overall, and I believe in Sean Payton as well. So I, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. I, I think that he'll – definitely be the main wide receiver on the Broncos offense that you'll want uh, and just have a longer career than Swift as well. So I'm going to take that side.
1: Jason, on a scale from one to Mr. Unlimited, how much better is this Denver Broncos offense in this year compared to last year?
2: Like 30% better.
1: (laughs) Okay, so like a three on the Mr. Unlimited scale. So he's not going full Russ Kinkud. We're we're talking just a 30% better.
2: Yeah, Russ is making like he he put out the like griddle for breakfast and he's making like ten pancakes at once. You know, like kind of phoning it in, but everyone's happy. Like everyone's getting fed.
1: <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good analysis there. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna side though. I'm gonna side with Chase here. I think I would just rather have DeAndre Swift. Uh, his efficiency metrics are so insane. He's yeah. kind of an efficiency god, and he's yeah. going to a lineup where they just yeah. they say, hey, listen we just need you to touch the ball 15 times a game, a little mix of passing, a little mix of rushing, and he can just blow it up. He had you know 8.1% breakaway run right last year. Yeah. And it's well, I mean, we're a year removed from this guy being a no doubt top 3 running back in dynasty. He goes to a better situation for him, we all assume. Judy's never going to hit that pinnacle. He's never going to be considered a top 10 guy receiver. So, I'm with you Chase. i I'm going to swing for the fences here and try to get that running back. And if he is who we want him to be, he's gonna be an absolute stud. And if he is who he's just been, it's a top fifteen running back on a per game basis. And that's crazy valuable. Uh with the upside. Give me DeAndre Swift. You're wrong, Jason. That's you fine. A zero on we'll the see. Mr. limited scale. We're coming
2: back a uh, week nine. <laughs> we'll see what happens.
1: All right. So let's make a little trade God's bet here. Who has more fantasy okay. points by week nine? DeAndre Swift or Jerry Judy? Now, I know I'm probably being chased. Back me up here. Am I giving him? Is he should there be some scale for points given the positional difference, or can I go? No, can okay. I go at him straight up right here?
0: So, I think last year in points per game, I think that DeAndre Swift was less than like 0. 0.3 points per game more than Jerry Judy. So, I, I think DeAndre Swift had like I don't know, like 13.9 or something like that, and Jerry Judy had like 13.8 I don't remember, but uh. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know I was right there. Um, Yeah, good job. Yeah, you nailed it.
1: You nailed it because you nailed DeAndre Swift. What was DeAndre Swift's? 13.9? 13.7. So, I mean, you're right there.
0: I was off two on each one. Yeah, yeah, so anyways, I I think that that's fair. But keep in mind, DeAndre Swift was held out of games that he was healthy for. Like, he played in games, but they limited his snap share because they were trying to keep him healthy for the fourth quarter. You know, they were out there running Williams out there in in different situations up until the fourth quarter, and then they put DeAndre Swift in take the majority of the snaps when the time actually mattered you know they're trying to keep him healthy it's going to be interesting because he doesn't just have jamal williams to compete with now he also has uh i almost said Sonny michelle um rashad penny and he has kenny gainwell to compete with so it it, it does hurt we don't know if he's going to see points in the receiving game so that hurts as well but i still think that that's a fair bet in terms of points per game uh, you know type bet at that point are you are you going total points or points per game? No, we're gonna
1: go points per game. You laid okay. it out perfectly. Oh, points per
0: game. Ah, oh, that's different. No, because if Swift makes misses like three games, <laughs> they
1: Did don't you need to rush it. Did you miss what Chase said? They were different. yeah. One. I mean, I,
0: but but the the bet
2: originally started as who has more points by week nine, Swift or Judy.
1: I'll take it. I, I'll I take think it.
2: that that's. I, I I'll think, take yeah, it. I think that's a little bit more fair. Plus, you know, it kind of helps you as well because DeAndre Swift is probably not playing too many more than nine games. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. what if they don't come <laughs> at the fair beginning point. of the season though? <laughs> yeah, to week nine. Right, so the bet is more <laughs> fantasy points from now or from week one to week nine. We'll check in, and then we'll get you guys. We'll get the listeners involved to see what the, what the punishment will be, what the winner gets, whatever it is. But we'll, we'll stay tuned for that because that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. This next trade. Another running back, another big-time running back. Actually, it's another running back we've already talked about on tonight's show. This is a 12-team, half-point PPR Superflex. You do get that .5 extra tight end premium, so 1.5, and it's star 11. Devontae Smith, Slim Reaper, and Isaiah Pacheco. For Evan Ingram, Rashad Bateman, a 25 first and a 24 third. So pretty good trade. I think everyone listening is going to know where I stand on all these guys. I've been pretty vocal about a couple of them. But, Jason, I'm curious to hear, what are you what are side? Do you want Team A's or Team B's side here?
2: Yeah, and I feel like I'm the same way. If you've watched enough of these episodes, you know I'm the biggest Slim Reaper fan on the earth. Yeah, um, so, But not only that, I think I would have not only Devontae Smith over every asset on Team B, I think I would have Isaiah Pacheco over all of those assets on Ooh. Team B. The 25 first might make me you know, scratch my head a little bit, but I'd rather just hold on to Pacheco than think that far in advance. Everyone, right now in this offseason, uh, especially just in, in terms of trying to lower value, right, in the fantasy football community, is talking about Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, like, oh, they haven't signed their franchise tags. They don't want to play football. We shouldn't risk it. Same thing with Evan Ingram. The dude hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. The Jaguars just went out and spent a second round pick on Bretton Strange, a tight end in, in the draft, who's looked pretty good at these rookie minicamps. So, I just, I, I, and Rashad Bateman, we are, they have the injury concerns. They just drafted another wide receiver in the first round. I, I, I would just rather not take any of those risks, to be honest, and go with, to me, the two better assets in the trade of Devontae Smith and Slim Reaper.
1: Okay. Or, I mean, Devontae Smith
2: and Slim Reaper.
1: <laughs> it's funny because the, the trade A is like, it's like the trade gods combination plate. It it's is. Pacheco <laughs> and Smith is just me and Jason, like, that's, that's the two players we've been hyping probably the, The most this whole offseason. But Chase, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Tight end premium. One side's getting a tight end. The other one's not. Would you rather get the return for side A or for team B?
0: This is not just a tight end premium. This is like a bonus tight end premium, right? First off, is it do they get 1.5 points per reception or is
1: it two points because the tight end premium is 1.5 additional to the 0.5? They get it's one. A, so in this in this league, the way I interpret it was they get one point five. So the tight ends are getting a yeah. a full additional reception. So in your traditional PPR, no, you're leagues, getting two. One you're and getting two
0: additional receptions because they're getting 0. 0.5 PPR. So essentially, no, no, getting,
1: they're getting they're getting one point five tight end premium. That's the whole amount of that's the reception plus yeah. plus. Yeah. yeah so that's a reception a full point.
0: Uh, yeah yeah uh, that's a full point so essentially it's it's the three receptions in comparison to one reception right because correct, you're getting right, five. Yeah, exactly yeah so correct, you're getting right, triple right. the amount of points per reception right. and Evan Ingram last year was uh, getting peppered with targets especially in certain games so right. although like I, I do think that that you didn't get enough back, uh, value back for Devonta Smith if you're in need of a tight end because you're in one of these leagues that Travis Kelsey goes out there and puts up 40 points in a game because of the tight end premium is so nuts I, I mean I don't hate it if the rest of your team is competitive once again i still think that it's not nearly enough back like at least a 2024 first and obviously if they're trading for devonta smith and pacheco then they probably are a team that's trying to to win they're probably a pretty good team right um but so i wouldn't assume that that 2024 first would be early i'd probably need a little bit more than that but i at least need a 2024 first and not have to wait two years Uh, because who knows, Devonta Smith might be the alpha in that offense. It might move on from A.J. Brown. And now you're talking about an even better team for 2025. It just doesn't make much sense. Meanwhile, you're taking all the risks with Ingram, as Jason brought up in terms of the contract situation. Plus, even if he signs it, he's probably not going to be the leading tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars more than a year from now, because they're going to have Brenton Strange, who's a developmental prospect. He'll probably start in a year or two. Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy, has issues with the team. Ah, uh, now is dealing with with major target competition. Uh, you know, we don't. It, it's too much risk yep. and not enough reward. You know, to to receive it back.
1: If 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 somehow some way you could guarantee me that you know Ingram's going to see 98 targets in those 73 percent receptions, it would probably make it close for me. But you guys, you guys hit the nail on the head. You can't guarantee that. We're no, we're already dealing with contract dispute you know ridley is such a variable to this offense in terms of who's going to get what share of the yeah. targets i still believe in christian kirk so i don't think it's gonna to, a ton's gonna to come out of his side i think a lot of it's gonna come from ingram so i've taken team a pretty heavily uh in this trade i i would say too because you're right bateman's dealing with a new mouth to feed and in two mouths to feed odell Beckham and say jones plus the injury uh, i think this is a, a slam dunk for team a and I don't know this, this was not in the notes, but I, I think we, would you guys agree? Would you let me, I want to know you think about this, the team trading away Ingram to me, it smells like it's his second best tight end. I have nothing to go off that, but yeah. from the, the, how this trade's put together, I just feel like Ingram was a, it was a bench piece.
0: Well, keep yeah. in mind, it is start 11, you know, so you are dealing with a little bit deeper bench than what most leagues play. So you're going to have to fill out those flex spots. So I guess that's where the 2025 first came in. So he's going to get two starters and a 2025 mm-hmm. first. But it just still doesn't make any sense regardless of the case. And you don't need to rob another team in order to to win the trade, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, whether that's his top tight end or not, you know, you should be making a trade based off your own needs, not another team's needs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always part of the, in that camp too. You don't have to win the trade to win your league you can yeah. you can sacrifice to win uh, uh the league for sure. But yeah, Team A was sweeping here. Let's go into the trade number 4. This is the one that had Jerome Ford in. I kind of skipped up in the notes, but this is a 10 team start 10 half point PPR superflex, no tight end premium. Not going to come into much of a factor here anyhow. Team A was selling Travis Etienne, which is pretty clear here, and the package that he received for Travis Etienne was Jerome Ford a 24 second and a 24 first. If you were selling Travis Etienne, is this enough of a, a return, Chase? Yeah,
0: I mean, no, it's not to be honest. It's close. <laughs> Cause you can't like it says that it's it's top three projected, right? Yeah. But anything in a fantasy season could happen. They could make a trade in season. They could pick up a free agent. They completely bust this up, and all of a sudden you're sitting with the fifth overall pick instead of a top three. And then all of a sudden it doesn't become worth it whatsoever because you don't end up with like Caleb Williams, you know, or, or Rocket or any one of those, you know, guys, Marvin Harrison Jr. that could be a complete stud in your team. And from the projections that I've seen thus far for dynasty leagues, 2024 is going to be very top heavy. Like you're going to want a top three or four pick, and then after that. You're going to be trading away your picks for, uh, you know, 2025 potentially based on your needs, of course. But I I think that I would roll the dice with Etienne this year because I, I think you can get more. If you if we get five weeks in the season and Etienne's destroying it, you know, he'll, he'll be projected as a top 10 running back in, in Dynasty Leagues easily. Like without question, he could make his way into the top five if he continues to kill it. So by the trade deadline, if you have a trade deadline in your Dynasty League, which in my opinion shouldn't, but if you do... Whenever that jet trade deadline pops up, you could probably get a lot more form than just the 2024 first. And you'll have a better feeling for where that pick is going to lie.
1: Yeah, I, we got him at, at ETN at running back eight already. So, I mean, we're pretty high on him over here. Whew, it's, but let me ask you this stuff. It, let's just say that the, the first round pick was for sure top three. Like, let's just say some some act of God, some genie in a bottle situation. He knew for a fact. He would come away from this draft with drake may caleb williams or marvin harrison jr does that sway it for you
0: yeah probably well it depends on if you're rebuilding or not and and obviously for you even to question trading away an asset like travis etienne then you're probably not ready to win now so mm-hmm. that's where it kind of comes into play like regardless even if i if i was not ready to win now i would still hold on to travis etienne up until the trade deadline in most cases but if it was guaranteed like this team is complete absolute garbage you know it's a super flex league and he doesn't own a quarterback right he doesn't have a quarterback on his roster or his top quarterback is Jacoby percent like that's how guaranteed it would have to be for me to, to make to pull the trigger on this trade plus you get a future prospect in Ford you get a 2024 second round pick that's going to be top three as well um you know you can u- utilize that to trade out of and most time get a 2025 first round pick for a 2024 second by the time the draft rolls around if it's that high so at that point I think it's somewhat worth it uh, to move off of, but once again, it's hard to predict top three picks. You know,
1: hmm. yeah. so I, it, top three. You're talking like you, you said, if there's Jacoby percent in their starting lineup, if they they this early, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's tough to project, but hey, I, if I guess for the sake of argument, that does sway it for me. Marvin Harrison coming out of this draft, I mean that he's he's probably going to be worth etn straight up so to get him and jerome ford in a second but without the knowledge of it being a top third for sure i don't know it's a tough game to play because chase you're right if it's 107 am i as excited i don't know i don't know there's a lot to play out here jason if you have travis etn and someone approaches you with ford a top three projected i'm using bunny ears projected pick in a second in next year's draft are you selling travis etn uh
2: with the projected i'm i'm Falling in line with Chase here, I think he brings up a good point that you should at least just at least wait to see what happens and get a little bit of a firmer grasp on what that first round pick actually will be. If it is a top three pick, I think I'm with you as well. Where I probably would yeah. accept it. Uh, and so that's how close this is to me. And the way I'm reading into this also is that Team A trading away Travis Etienne has to be rebuilding. Granted, Travis Etienne could be viewed as a rebuilding asset given he's young and hasn't truly you know hit his ceiling yet but you know looking towards the future in these probably early first and second round picks getting a guy like jerome ford who could start to break out and end up being an rb2 on an offense and take a role like kareem hunt had and be a start startable running back going into 2024 as well it's decent but i overall i think i would like to wait to see travis Etienne traded people are so down on a season last year but he still had almost 1500 yards like that's a ton like that's a ton of yards. It just it wasn't pretty. He didn't have a lot of touchdowns. So, so he uh,
0: missed so many different opportunities to, to score touchdowns because the ball was overthrown yeah. or he dropped it or whatever. Like there was at least four touchdowns last year that should have been gimmies, and it just did not work out. Two of them were up against Washington. I remember off the top of my head where he should have had yeah. two additional touchdowns.
2: Yeah, forty-five red zone touches per playerprofiler.com. That's ninth in the league. And that that doesn't normally go away with a player like that. Especially, granted, he played in college with Trevor Lawrence. They still have that connection somehow. So, I, I do think that there's there's more to come with Travis Etienne. Wait for the season to start. Let everyone's doubts simmer. When he they they watch him break off a 50 yard run, top five and breakaway runs last year as well. I mean, he, he's a
0: really good running back. So, I'm waiting overall. Don't That's give me funny. Snoop. Connor is going to take away goal line carries. Snoop. Yeah, Connor I, is nobody. I, mean, I don't no, care. No, like there's no way that they're going to give Snoop. Connor the rock at the goal line when they have Travis Etienne waiting on the sidelines, unless they just performed a 15 play drive and Etienne broke out for a 20 yard run and he needs to sit on the sidelines to, to get just, his just the yeah.
1: ultimate vulture yeah. situation for Snoop. Yeah,
0: God. Like yeah, I mean. That'll happen. No, no. I mean, it will happen, but it's not gonna yeah. be like a trend. No. They're not they're not gonna roll out. They're not gonna be like, all right, ETN, you gotta come out. Snoop, where where's my undrafted free agent? Or what is, what is he, six <laughs> where, Where's Snoop at? Yeah. Oh, hi. All right, come on, come, come on, <laughs> come on. Put the, put the joint down. You're gonna come and run the ball in, you know, at the goal line. We're we're giving you the rock, ETN, you're on the bench. No, that's <laughs> that's not how it works in the NFL.
1: No, 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 definitely not. So let me I want to ask you guys this though. Travis Etienne, he's running back eight in player profilers' dynasty ranks. If he did not drop those two touchdown passes in week one, are we talking about him as a top five guy right now? Is Ted, Does he leapfrog yeah. Kenneth Walker? You know, if we have zero concerns about his role in the passing game, because I really believe if he hauls in both those touchdowns, he sees more than, what was it, one game with three-plus targets? I don't even think that.
2: I think he ha- – or I guess three-plus, yes, one game. I think one game with three targets exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. we would see a little bit more uh, confidence in his hands if he didn't If he didn't look like he was a volleyball player spiking it up in the air because he couldn't haul it in. But yeah. the talent's there. There were games yeah. where he really, really, really shined and really, really showed what his skill set is. You guys talked about some of those underlying metrics. And in the start 10 league? I mean, Travis Etienne, I think, is a difference maker. You bring in a top yeah. 10 running back. He's a difference maker on your team. And if you were to hold him, say, through week nine, when he's the second highest running back uh, in fantasy, where DeAndre Swift is number one, far past Jerry <laughs> Judy, you could sell him for a hell of a lot more than this. And for it would be a pick that I think we all could be a little bit more certain about. So do yeah, you need to sell true, Travis Etienne, get more.
0: It would be two first-round picks, one early, you know, one mid, essentially, for a contending team that ended up trading with another team that was a losing team and got an early first-round pick because they are smarter than the, the losing team was, of course. So you can end up trying to, to work that to your advantage a little bit more. Once again, I just don't think you're getting as much as you possibly can get. Uh, but it's it's not a bad trade either. I think it's pretty even if you can guarantee me that's a top-three pick.
1: Yeah, he he did mention it's projected, and you know what? He knows his league better than we do. If he's sure of it, and it's top three, this changes things dramatically because, again, Superflex, all the possibilities. But as of right now, we stick with Travis Etienne. The next trade we're going to talk about, though, is an absolute barn burner. I think I see 10, 11 assets involved in this 12-team PPR Superflex, 2.0 tight end premium, 1.5 running back premium start, 11. Team A would acquire Derek Carr, George Kittle, Gabe Davis, Brian Robinson, Jamal Williams in a 2026 first, and Team B would be receiving Dak Prescott, Dalton Schultz, Tyler Lockett, and Alexander Madison. A lot to sort out here. But Jason, when you look at this ten-man battle royale, which side do you want, Team A's or Team B side?
2: I want I want my Mister Allwine hat right now,
1: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I present <laughs> Mister Allwine. Sorry, sir. Just, we'll keep the noise down. I just don't. Chase, put your beard down, Mr. Owen's here.
2: Why do we why do we do this as fantasy football gamers? Why I do we do this?
0: Dude, if you went to me, my first question would have been why? That's literally what <laughs> I would have. I literally would have said why. my first question would have been why? But continue, please, Jason.
2: Yeah, it's just why do we do? That? I don't I don't understand why trading gets so convoluted in, in, our, in our dynasty <laughs> landscape. I don't get it. I don't understand why this trade couldn't have been left. At Derek Carr, George Kittle, Brian Robinson, and a first round pick for Dak Prescott. I don't understand why so many different assets have to be floated around and made this like, oh, you know, if I throw in Jamal Williams, will you throw in Tyler Lockett? Like, just those are so many different trades.
1: Just make one Freaking trade out.
2: and back off, just get it done. <laughs> that being said,
1: I'm freaking out, man. Having said that, out. Jason was just part of a trade in the Animal Kingdom in which he had, what was it, 14 players involved in that trade?
3: Wait, well, but her. it was for one
1: guy. <laughs> yes. Wait, what? That's, That's fair. That's fair. He, I got, no, he got like six assets for Christian Watson in a league. Yeah, yeah, I it was got tremendous. Right. There's a lot yeah, of assets. It's a good one. It was a good in one. In the awesome deepest fantasy league I've ever seen since the, the league UX, you actually said it had a trade for. Uh, last last time you were on it was a thirty two teamer. Yeah, the thirty two team league. That is a beast yeah. of a league. But this, is, but yeah, I, Mr. Rawwine, Mr. Vernon here, Mr. Kibum will join you. We'll be with three get off my lawn, curmudgeons here. This is a lot. It sent me honestly when I saw it, I was silent. I didn't know what to think. Days <laughs> upon end, just looking at it, like I don't. Yeah, okay, you upgrade tight end, you downgrade a quarterback, but then you get an older tight uh, run, a receiver, you get it younger, and it also. Older receiver, and there's just like three <laughs> running backs that are like fine, and there's a 26 first. So Arch Manning comes into play, yeah. and I just can't wrap my head around this yet.
0: I actually do think it's a smart trade, to be honest. Um,
1: Which side? Which side?
0: I, by Team A. So essentially, Team A is win now, right? Because Brian Robinson's going to be dust, you know, relatively soon if he's not by this year, but it's still, you know, somebody that, they couldn't press, and his value right now is, is trash. So you're getting a guy that can still perform depending on the offense. Meanwhile, you have uh, Jamal Williams, who is a win now guy, pair him up with Derek Carr. So you're assuming that the New Orleans Saints are going to be scoring a lot of points. Uh, meanwhile, you acquire Brandon Cooks, the number two receiver on Dallas, which is in a win now situation. Uh, Gabriel Davis, who could have his job threatened within the next couple of years so if he doesn't perform at a higher level consistently. And George Kittle is probably on his way out the door within a couple of years. So essentially, none of these players are likely going to be on the roster by 2026. This is the type of actual trade that I would do. I'm not even kidding you. So he's going all in to essentially try to win now. And then he's assuming that all these players, he's going to get rid of them or they're going to be dust by the time he's ready to uh, go into a rebuild mode. So he's going to try and sell these uh, these players for, you know, pretty much dimes on the dollar after he wins this upcoming year. Brandon Cooks will likely go for like a late second round pick. Gabriel Davis will go through like, you know, mid second round pick uh jamal williams probably gone george kittle he could probably get a mid-second round pick for Derek carr mid-second round pick and just go into free uh like full-on rebuild mode essentially so now you have two picks in 2026 that are first round picks you now have probably four second maybe five second round picks in 2026 as well uh you lose really hard in 2025 like you you're the worst team you get the first overall pick and now you have all these assets to be able to combine and move up in your drafts for players to need depth in a start 11 team league. So by 2027, it's a quick rebuild. You're, you're somewhat competitive. By 2028, you're back in the finals again. So the way that he's kind of transitioning this uh, just goes to show me that Team A is probably win now, and Team B doesn't really know what they're doing.
1: Team A is win now because I have a reveal boys. This was a trade that happened involving me. Oh! I, I am Team you- A. Boom. But I also want to tell all the Mr. I want to tell this to Mr. Allwine here. The trade we, we ended up making was Derek Carr and Kittle for Dak Prescott and Schultz. <laughs> that's a little
0: better. Yeah, that's, so everything that's just got cut
1: out. <laughs> and everything got he, – he ended up selling. He was trying to like sell in bulk. And I yeah. have a, a win now roster. So adding these pieces, they were just as likely to be sold within a week or dropped. <laughs> So I looked at it and I was like, man, I would really like to go from Dalton Schultz, Schultz to George Kittle in this 2.0 protein premium. But I don't this is just a lot to process. And then he ended up making a trade where he sold Cooks and Jamal and Brian Johnson and he sold all those assets for a different deal and him and I ended up coming to an agreement of just Prescott and Carr with Schultz and Kittle. But I wanted to bring this up cuz when I saw it I was like I can't process this type of trade I need to bring it to the I need to bring it to the gods the gods need to shine upon this trade but yeah to, to, to make you happy Mr Rawwine, you can go back in your house you can go get your uh, your butterscotch candies sit down watch your your black and white television because this trade did not happen it was just your simple two for two
0: <laughs>
2: Maddie can I apologize for what I think I might take team B
1: you've now switched
2: well, I didn't. I didn't choose the team originally. I just complained about the trade. Fair, but I, yeah, So you would
1: like rather it. have the upgrade at quarterback with the downgrade at tight end.
2: Yeah, but that I am just so out on Derek Carr. I do love the upgrade from Schultz to Kittle, but I'm just, I just I'm not in on Derek Carr. And don't even ask that, me for a reason for it. I'm just I'm just not.
1: Well, yeah, you traded me Derek Carr and TJF, so you have no rooting interest, and we all know. Yeah. That once you lose rooting interest, you can't really look <laughs> they're no, got- I why do you think I traded Derek
2: Carr. No,
1: yeah, we I made tra- it. For Derek Carr. So why did you make you know, we're gonna talk after the show because I, I got a bone to pick of you now after hearing this, but let's move on to the next trade. <laughs> we got a few more left to talk about, and we gotta get some buyer sells here. So let's pick up the pace, Mr. Allwine. 12 team PPR superflex, 1.5 tight end premium. Start nine. Team A is receiving Chris Olave, a 24 third uh, or 24 second, 25 third, and a 25 fourth. And to get basically Olave and some other pieces, they had to package Sutton, likely Pickens, a 24 first and a 25 second. Chase, would you rather have Olave or these assets here?
0: It's not relatively close for me. Uh, I'll take Olave. I, like, so essentially, I need two first round picks minimum for Olave, maybe two first rounds in a second. Um, Pickens, Sutton, and likely aren't going to get me another first round pick. Maybe throwing in Sutton in there, but like, I mean, maybe throwing in the the second round pick in 2025 will get me there. But to be honest with you, there's just not a lot of like, like you're not going to end up getting a a decent an earlier first round pick, which you would want uh, in this case scenario for Olave. I I just don't like it. Like, it's just gross. It it just seems like a gross trade, especially in a start nine. It was start 11, maybe start 12. I could see myself getting there and talking myself into it saying, Hey, if Cortland Sutton can have a resurgence, if, you know, Kenny Pickett doesn't suck ass, possibly. You know, I, I could see myself maybe getting there in that case scenario, but honestly, I, I don't. I, I, it's just not enough. You, in a start nine, you want studs. You know, you want the best players on the field. Like, it's it's easy to find a George Pickens. It's easy to find a Cortland Sutton. It, you typically don't even roster guys like Isaiah Likely, and I love Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely is one of my favorite tight ends, but you can find those types of players on waivers essentially or in second rounds of draft third rounds of draft picks to an extent uh you know chris Olave's is a, a generational well not a generational talent but he's a a fantasy asset that you don't come off of unless you're breaking the game in a start nine league
1: olave is as close to me. generational talents lofty and i appreciate you kind of dialing it back because i think we throw that term yeah around yeah like it was much. that was too much yeah. but He's knocking on the door. I mean, the guy is supremely talented. Top 10 in yards per route run. Top 10 in yards per team pass attempt. And he was fifth in unrealized air yards. And I am a believer that Derek Carr is an upgrade at the yeah. quarter acquisition, so I think the sky's the limit for Olave. And you made the, the biggest point, in my opinion, is the start nine. Sutton, likely, Pickens, if your team's high, hyper-competitive in the 12-team league, those guys are fringe starters in start nine, in my opinion. They, they'd they have to take a, a level up in, in terms of Pickens from last year and Sutton from last year to truly be a difference maker like Olave can. And let's face it, I think there's a real shot that you can go ahead and turn this 25 third or this 25, 24 second into Isaiah Likely if you want to pick him up later down the road. I think you could absolutely pick that up later because I don't know if he's going to pop right away. And I think Olave is. I'm with you, Chase. I'm taking Olave with a bullet. Jason, how do you see this trade?
2: I want to like it, but uh, because, you know, I love Pickens. And I'm not. I, I do think Chris Alave is a sell, but not quite for this. Cortland Sutton on his way out. Isaiah Likely, while talented, just in such a tough situation. Even if Mark Andrews goes down, a tough situation with all the wide receivers. So, I, I it's just not enough for me. I, I think I'm going to hold on to Chris Alave. The picks also, I would just hold on to too. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on Team A. Not much analysis, or really. Anything to add here? Go check out the buy. George Pickens
1: episode yeah. from like a month ago. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That, <laughs> Next trade up is uh, I mean it wouldn't be trade gods without a deal involving Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. It just wouldn't be an episode of Trade Gods. And in ah! this ten team in this ten team half point PPR superflex start what? ten team A is acquiring Justin Jefferson, Cream Hunt in a twenty four second, and is trading away Hollywood Brown, Brandon Ay- Ayuk, Cam Akers, Mac Jones in a twenty twenty four. First, a little bit extra context for our listeners. Team A is a contender, and all of the pieces that they are moving for Jefferson are bench players. So with this knowledge, is this a home run chase, or is this an out?
0: I just want to know what just happened over there with
1: Jason. I'm just mad. (laughs) (laughs) So Jason has this rule that he would only trade Jefferson for chase plus, and he would only trade cha- trade chase for Jefferson plus because he just values those guys at the absolute peak of fantasy football. So every time we, every single show we have a trade involving one of these two players and Jason has to reiterate his rule and then break down a trade. So now after you, you, know, after you tell us about this trade chase, he now has to then analyze a trade. He can't even fathom in his brain because it's not chase plus. <laughs>
0: Yeah, honestly, I I kind of agree with him to an extent. I mean, I would take like Waddle and Olave for Justin Jefferson if I need depth, like in a start 11, you know, that it doesn't make any sense to me why you'd move off Chase for a bunch of tertiary pieces, right? Like the guy brought up the fact that these are all bench players. That means that you're not competing with this team, right? Like essentially, if you're trying to take – all of his bench players and you're giving him replacement for the bench, then you're not going to be better than his starters. Your team's not going to be better than the starters that he has. So why would you take guys that are all pretty much, they're going to depreciate in value uh, outside of the first round pick. They're most likely going to depreciate in value from this year to next year. You know, like Marquise Brown is what, 27 years old, 28, somewhere in that range. Uh, Brandon Ayukes, 26. Cam Akers, 24, if I remember right. Mac Jones might appreciate value, but he's, it's not really going to shoot to the top of the rankings or anything like that. Uh, the only one that's going to gain value is the 2024 20, first, most likely. So I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me.
1: You are on fire tonight, Chase, because Cam Akers is 24 on the dot. <laughs> i nice. around 26 and change. So he's just, he's going to be entering okay. his 27 year old season. Uh, the only thing I'm going to add here in terms of this being just an absolute grand slam is, of the assets that we see on, on the on the screen now, you broke down why a lot of the ones that team B are receiving are either at peak or could even fall pretty pretty quickly over the next year. You look at team A side, he's getting Jefferson, an asset that will appreciate, and Kareem Hunt is facing at least one or if not two value spikes in the next month and a half. Yep, most likely. So so he could theoretically be getting Jefferson and then flip. Cream Hunt, and that second for another starter in a shallow starting league. Yeah, this, I, is I, masterclass. this is a master class. This is a slam dunk with Grand Slam for Team A, no doubter.
0: If somebody sent this one in my chat, I would go grab my bottle of whiskey, which I can grab real quick and cheers them real quick. So I'm going to be <laughs> right back, and I'm going to grab it while you pull up the next trade.
1: <laughs> Jason, I already know how you feel. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add about this thing?
2: Yeah, I mean just congratulations to team A to somehow also get assets on top of this. I <laughs> yeah. mean, the fact that they were that all these players were on their bench does help, but I mean, these are also very valuable assets. Like team B could very well have needed the depth, but still, uh Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk are replaceable value. I do think Cam Akers <laughs> And Mac Jones will increase in value. I will differ from Chase there. I think both of those assets will go up in value. Uh, Cam Akers solidifying himself as the starting running back for the Rams and a fantasy relevant running back. And Mac Jones being competent and reminding people that he was a first-round quarterback draft pick and probably the franchise quarterback for the Patriots. People are forgetting that. So I do think that these are good assets, but... It's just a Jefferson. It's just a Jefferson. You got to get
1: Jamar Chase plus. You have to. You boys and girls, you know the rule. Also, this is a nightmare scenario. Kareem Hunt signs with the LA Rams and takes the passing game away from Cam makers. That yeah. is nightmare fuel for team B. So, let's get well, into t-
0: let me point up real quick too with Cam makers, right? He's going to be 25 years old at this point next year. Mm-hmm. You know, we we see the typically running backs they depreciate in value by the time they hit twenty six. So people are going to start kind of looking down on that fact. Plus the injury, he's only, you know, one year removed from a, you know, unsuccessful season. I just don't know if Cam Akers, even if he has a very, very good year, he has to have a great or excellent year for him to ascend, which I just don't see the Rams having to run the ball that often because their defense is so depleted, they're gonna have to pass. So mm-hmm. maybe Cam Akers gets the ball to the passing game. I don't see that happening either. I think we're just see Matt Stafford have a very good year with cooper cup of course as long as they both can stay healthy uh you know i, I just don't see how acres gets to that point where he, people say oh man he's turning 25 i should go trade for him
1: right I just, okay, it's,
2: yeah. it's a it's a pseudo 25 to me he he just has completely been battling injuries and hasn't quite put the average tread of a tire for a 25 year old running back and so i i do think that he, he will be fine in terms of age we'll see yeah, we'll see that we'll see uh Another week nine bet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is he yeah. Another week nine bet. I mean the floor is yours if you want to make a bet with Chase here, Jason. I'll take You're Justin Jefferson. Jefferson versus Ken <laughs> by week nine. <laughs> I'll take Justin Jefferson. Oh, that's too easy. This is the last trade on the deck on the day, boys. Let's dive right. right in. Twelve team half point PPR. A lot of half point PPR trades tonight. Superflex, tight end premium start twelve. Christian Kirk, Dallas Goddard, and James Cook for a bunch of picks. Two twenty-four first a twenty-five second, and a twenty-five fourth. How many if you're trying to win now, which obviously team A is, is this a good type of is this a trade you're looking to make at this time of year, Chase?
0: Yeah, uh Christian Kirk, I'm very concerned about. Uh Dallas Goddards, I'm not as concerned about. I think that he's gonna have a very good season. Uh, Jared Cook, I'm concerned about. So, if I can get two first round picks for these guys, I'm taking that and I'm running. This is this is an absurd trade. I don't know what's happening here <laughs> at
1: all. So, if what you're saying here is if you had these three players and someone came knocking on your door with two 24 firsts and a 25 second and fourth, you're gonna just say absolutely take these guys.
0: Yeah, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. I, I like you now have three picks in a top heavy draft. So, even if your team is good. Right. You're still going to have to trade up. But I mean, essentially, you're by doing this, you're most likely conceding the season, I'm guessing, because, you know, your assets, Christian Kirk and Dallas Goddard are most likely starters on your team. If they're not starters, then you would take it and run, anyways, right? If they're bench players, you would take it and run because they're backups and you're getting two first round picks. Now you have three 2024 first round picks in a draft with Marvin Harrison Jr., with Rocket, with Caleb Williams, with, with Drake May. Like, you want the most fluid assets to be able to go and move to acquire one if not two of these studs and this puts you in a position to do so. Having Christian Kirk for an additional year will not allow you to do so. Dallas Goddard is not going to ascend in value. So either you're you're selling your team right to to acquire one of those players yourself. And in addition, you're getting a 2024 you're getting two 2024 first and a 2025 second. So you're adding assets, fluid assets to your team on top of that. I mean, if I could walk away with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And then, you know, still have the 2025 second, and the 2025 fourth round pick on top of that. Are you telling me that you wouldn't rather have Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Because of your own pick and then moving those two to move up and grab, you know, a stud or a rocket or Drake May, whatever you want. It just I, I'm taking that and running as fast as I can.
1: Jason, what, what side of the trade do you like? Do you like the three players? Or do you like the picks?
0: I mean, if
2: they're early picks, I guess I would take the picks. What if they
1: the They said in the notes, he projects them to be mid-round for, or mid-first-round picks. But we talked about at the beginning of the show, you cannot project uh, yeah. with a, a whole lot of accuracy. So, I mean, if you're projecting first, for first, mid-round, first,
2: then it, if, if you're projecting mid, it probably ends up being a little later than you're wanting. And in a tight end premium league, I, I feel like, I don't know for sure, I don't have any Dallas Goddard shares, but I feel like in a tight end premium league, you could get this for Dallas Goddard alone. Uh, to the right buyer so to also throw in james cook who i'm pretty high on next season i'm not worried about damian harris at all i I think christian kirk will at least be fine and startable i i I think with me i'm gonna try to win and take these assets and i'll be fine trading away those picks i'll I'll figure that out later i I mean i'll probably be able to trade christian kirk for a first round pick mid season no first round pick mid season Come on, yeah. there's no way. James Cook easily, James Cook easily. Maybe no. not for sure. What? You don't think Damon Harris is going to cut into that workload? What I mean- they, they paid him nothing. They paid him essentially the minimum, a million dollars with like a 600K signing bonus. Josh Allen's going to have the goal line carries. James Cook's still going to have some goal line carries. The guy is just there. Duke can barely even stay healthy in New England as well. I mean, even when he was the starting running back for the New England Patriots, people were trying to trade him away in fantasy football. He does not hold value. Okay. I mean, at all, and James These... Cook's the young buck. I'm, I'm, I'm going with that guy. Top five and breakaway run rate last season on limited opportunity. Going to get all of the passing catching work that you combined from Singletary and Cook last year. I, I think James Cook's going to be a fantastic asset.
0: These are the players that James Cook has gone for in recent trades. Just to just to give you a, a value assessment of how the community perceives James Cook. All right, we have James Cook going for uh, Chigaconquo. Give me James yeah. Cook. Okay, yeah, but that's still that great. Like, that's how, how he's perceived value. That's what I'm saying. He, he's so going to go up in value. James Cook and Samaj P. Ryan for Evan Hull and Jelani Woods. Like, it, uh, the that's just did, a stupid trade. I don't think <laughs> The community yeah, does, like not, a, yeah, the community does not like James Cook, right? So, that doesn't you mean, think like, that he could go up in value, like, he would have to see a essential two-round jump from what he saw last year, because people don't like him, because people don't value him. Don't forget, they also added another veteran running back. I can't remember who that was, uh, but uh, this Latavius was- Murray. It was Latavius Murray. Like they, they've added uh, running back because they don't like James Cook and they don't use the running back position. That's not they. That's not true that they don't like James
2: Cook. We're 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 pulling up the game log from their playoff performances, especially the end of the season stretches when they started to fade out Devin Singletary and go with the younger running back. Give me a second here.
1: So, but even so, Jason. So, even if so, let's just play this game, Chase. Let's say, yeah, yeah. James Cook's value goes up. Are you still taking this? Because I think I'm a little bit on the fence here because I, I like Kirk. I believe in Kirk. I like Goddard. I think he's super talented, top, you know, five to eight type of tight end talent. But yeah. I mean, are any of these guys going to cripple your team and you're getting two first round picks? No. We're forgetting one name here. We keep forgetting a name in tight end premium, Brock Bowser. Another unicorn will enter the NFL next year. Yeah, true story. And so can you replace Dallas Carter in a year? It makes it a lot closer. It, it's just
2: not enough. It, it's just not enough. It's not enough for me. It's not. You're, you're, you are you're you can't just, like, put the best name on these draft picks. I, I don't think you can do that. I think you've got to just expect, like, a Zay Flowers at best with these
0: guys. No, and keep in mind, I sure. was also saying like like your own pick. So essentially, if you're selling these three well, guys, then you're you either having really three deep first on your rounds teams, or essentially you have three first rounds and your pick is going to be early because you're giving up probably most likely three of your starters, right? If it's start 12, all three of these guys can going to be starting on your team. So you're giving up three of your starters, essentially, which means that your team is most likely going to be trash. So I'm saying that you yeah. should end up with a top three pick and then you take those 2 2024 20-24 first and you trade up to add another top asset, essentially Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, one of those guys. I would much rather have two studs on my team to build around. Obviously, you're selling your team and, and go into a rebuild this upcoming you know season, right? Then, then take three guys that w- aren't going to be difference makers. And most likely, they're not going to see an ascension in value. They could, but they're most likely not going to. Uh, Christian Kirk is definitely not going to see an ascension in value because you just added Calvin Ridley to the mix, right? You're you're not going to see an ascension of value from Dallas Goddard because he's pretty much capped due to the other assets on the team. We've seen it last year. They don't u- utilize the tight end as often as as typically uh, as as other as we would hope. As we hoped when we saw Dallas Goddard start to break onto the fantasy team, we thought that they were going to utilize the hell out of him, and then they went and traded traded for AJ Brown, and we were all like, "Fuck, this sucks." Yeah. So it. it we're not going to see most likely too much increase in values, no matter how much we want it to. And James cook is never going to go for a first round pick unless some James cook truther out there has been trying to get it off you for years. And has probably offered you a better offer at the beginning of last season. I I just, I don't think that they have to ascend in value
2: for this to even be worth it. I, I don't understand punting in July on your season already, especially when you have three very startable assets on your team. It, It, it's, it's just not enough for me to give up on my season like that, especially in a tight end premium league. I mean, we A.J. Brown, the great addition for the Eagles, but historically had had some injury concerns, and that didn't happen last year. If that happens for even three, four games, you're talking about Dallas Goddard being a top, probably three tight end those few weeks. So I, I, I want to latch on to that. I think Christian Kirk is going to be totally fine. I know that Calvin Ridley is a concern and will take some targets away in the Jaguars' offense. But, I mean, we saw Zay Jones being effective last year. We saw Evan Ingram being effective last season. I want want all of these assets over those picks. I'm I'm going to try to get that championship with all three of those guys.
1: So if it's a matter of timing, let me lay it out to you this way and see if this – at least the value lines up for you over the term. Let's just say you sell – Got it for a round one. Are you okay with that right now?
2: No, no. I, in a tight end premium, I would want two firsts.
1: Okay. Wow. So, so you need, so the value won't even lie. Okay. So maybe if you guys are in the same league, you guys could make a trade like this. <laughs> you guys both yeah. I'll give up Goddard on it for, the it, for sure. Okay. Well, th- there it is. That uh, That's, those are the trades that we love breaking down because there's a lot of ways to look at, there's a, a million ways to skin on a trade like this. And it's, there's a lot of value to, to really dissect but. Before we let everyone go tonight, we are going to get into, what, maybe the best segment in the history of fantasy football. That's right, I'm talking about... It's time to buy and sell. And tonight we're talking about three players, so let's dive right in. Player number one, DJ Moore. Everyone listening knows exactly where I lie on the DJ Moore (laughs) but Chase, I'm curious, are you buying or selling DJ Moore?
0: I'm buying DJ Moore. Uh, at, At the rank that we have right now, he's sitting over there on player profiler at value, I think, 30, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think uh, it's wide
2: receiver, like 17. So that probably sounds about right. Overall, 30. let
0: me check this out real quick. I, you know, typically like in terms of ADP, I know that he's going around, uh, 22. So for me, let's see now he's, he's wide receiver, 30 in player profiler rankings. So if we're going by our rankings at wide receiver thirty, I think that ADP wise he's going around like twenty twenty two, somewhere in that range. Uh, so obviously the value on him is a lot higher than where we have him ranked. Uh, meanwhile, I'm just looking at the rankings personally, and not to say that I completely disagree with the player profile rankings, but like I'd much rather have DJ Moore than uh, let's see Christian Kirk, Mike Evans, uh, Terry McLaurin. I mean he's still he's not young, right? But he still has that opportunity to ascend in value if he has a massive year because everybody loves DJ Moore, everybody thinks that he can perform, and now all of a sudden he has this connection that he'll have for the next three to five years with Justin Fields, and all of a sudden he's like this big stud, right? So you can move off him for a bigger asset, but I still think that he could actually give you a wide receiver one season this this year. Uh, you know, what we've seen is an inability to effectively get in the red zone for the Carolina Panthers for the past several seasons since he's came into the league. I don't think Chicago is going to have as big of an issue getting in the red zone. Meanwhile, their defense is young, so they're going to have to pass. They're going to be down certain games, and typically like that's not an excuse, but at the same time, when you have a dynamic quarterback like Justin Fields, when you're scoring big, you're scoring big. You're not letting off the gas, right? Justin Fields, if he has a big game, he's throwing for, for you know, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. He's running for two. He's going to get you in there with DJ Moore. Meanwhile, the matchups inside of the NFC North should be advantageous, right? We have the Minnesota Vikings who did upgrade their defense, but they're still young. They're still kind of fresh, right? So you can see a lot of points scored in those matchups. Uh, meanwhile, he's going to have a little bit of a tough time up against the Packers, but I still think it could happen. And especially if turnovers start to occur for Justin or for for Jordan Love, of course, we're going to see points scored in those ones. And meanwhile, you have the Detroit Lions, whose defense is somewhat abysmal. I think that you could see points minimum six games guaranteed up against these divisional opponents. That will give you opportunities to sell in the meantime. So I'm buying DJ Moore. Uh, For those reasons, and, and, you know, I could go into the statistics, but I'm going to let you go ahead and do that, Matt.
1: Oh, yeah, you know I'm buying. I mean, DJ Moore, for everything you just said, he's going to a better situation. And uh, the only thing I want to add here in terms of his connection with Justin Fields, Fields did pop in two statistical metrics that I think will prove to be uh, a good match for for DJ Moore's skill set. Fields was seventh in red zone completion percentage, and fourth in red zone accuracy, accuracy rating. So what that tells me is when the field shrunk, he was able to make some really you know efficient and accurate passes. DJ Moore, where does he do a lot of his damage over the middle of the field in those intermediate routes? I think that's a connection that we could see flourish throughout the whole year. I think we're back to a DJ Moore, you know, 140, 150 target season, who's uh, proven to be absolutely dynamic, fifth in dominator rating last year, despite playing with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. The value is still there on DJ Moore. A lot of people in the community still looking to sell, so I'm buying everywhere that I can. Jason, are you going to break my heart right here, are you also buying DJ Moore?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to break your heart here. Ultimately, okay, that's
1: tonight's show. We will be back with me and my new fellow co-host, Chase Vernon, because <laughs> I have to have a divorce if you're selling DJ Moore.
2: I, ultimately, it comes down to price, but – and it has nothing to do with the talent. And everything DJ Moore, I think, is going to have fantastic seasons. But overall, I just think DJ Moore is DJ Moore at this point. He's at most going to have thirteen hundred yards and like ten touchdowns. That's a good season. But when you look at the dynasty rankings right now, he's wide receiver seventeen in the dynasty rankings. I guess like thirty somewhere else. Uh, but that's ahead of Devonte Adams, ahead of Christian Watson, ahead of Traylon Burks, ahead of George Pickens, ahead of yada 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 names 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 everyone that I would probably that has similar upside and a little bit more tread left on the tire and probably even some better situations to where I think that I would sell for some of those players with a cherry on top for sure. Uh, And I'm also not going to like, I'm not going to assume that the bears offense is going to take a step forward in the passing game. But if I am going to do that and I do want to take the bet, I'm not gonna bet on the most expensive pass catching asset on a team that we have to assume will do something, assume will get better. I, I would rather just go get Cole Kmet and take that chance, or or maybe I don't. I'm not much of a Darnell Mooney guy, but maybe Darnell Mooney. He'll have his another year now with Justin Fields' connection under his belt, and now not going against cornerback once. So I. I just think that there's some better options out there if you want to attach yourself to the Bears offense. And if he's going for the value that he is valued at, then I think that there are some other wide receivers that you can get some value on, perhaps get some similar upside, move on from. I think trading for DJ Moore is a lot like trading for like Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin a couple years ago, where you're not upset that you traded for those players, but you likely could have used your assets in a little bit of a better way. Uh, than you did back then. Uh but of course you're not upset you did it. But I, I just I, I think that there's some value to be had elsewhere.
1: Chase this guy just went to for went to battle for Christian Kirk and now he's over here dismirching the good name of DJ. Christian Moore? Kirk is in, like wide receiver thirty five <laughs> in my presence? You're gonna <laughs> defend Christian Kirk for a round one? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, I, you know, listen, you're not making you're not making you making sense here, but it's just I uh, I, I I think the value is there to buy on the number one receiver in an offense that we hope takes a step forward on a quarterback I mean, I that think, we know is talented.
0: Yes. And by the way, player profile rankings did get it right. It was the dynasty. I was looking at the season long rankings versus the dynasty rankings. So that makes a lot more sense. That's actually almost exactly where I have DJ Moore. Yeah.
1: 17. Yeah. Yep. Right.
0: Yeah. I think, I think there's reasoning like
2: plenty of good reasoning for either side of this argument. Yeah. It's just, do you want to take the risk or not? And for me, I'm not as comfortable taking the risk. I think I would rather take the risk on a different player.
1: No, definitely makes sense. And I've I've noticed firsthand I've had to overpay. It's probably because people know how much I like DJ more, but I've I've made the price. So that could okay. be that could bite me in the ass for sure. Uh well let's talk about the next guy on this list. Is another polarizing guy in fantasy right now, Rashad White. Jason, are you buying or selling Rashad White?
2: Yeah, I'm buying him. And even with all this hype around him, he's still acquirable. Very few true projected bell cows left in the NFL, especially today's NFL. So it's, it makes sense to be buying Rashad white at his current price. Uh, however, I do think that I'm only buying Rashad white to then sell Rashad white. When his value goes to where it needs to be. I do think I want to get out before the ship fully sails. The Buccaneers this year didn't really have the luxury to bring in another running back, especially draft a running back uh, more talented than Sean Tucker who, who maybe could be something, I don't know, but next year, I think that we could see the Buccaneers as they figured some things out, try to bring in another running back. Uh, and Rashad white won't have the type of volume that he will have this season, but I do want to buy it for the volume that he's going to have this season because that's just going to make his value increase during the year. And therefore I'll be able to flip him for a lot more than what I gave right now.
1: I don't really love what I've seen from uh, Rashad White in terms of his underlying metrics, his, his performance profile, but he has proven that he can be a weapon in the past game. There's really no running backs of no in this in this depth chart other than maybe an undrafted Sean Tucker, but like you said, we don't really know. And right now he's running back 24 on keep trade cut but running back 14 in our dynasty ranks. That is a glaring kind of buy sign for me in terms of where I value him, where you know player profile values him as opposed to the market. He he belongs ahead of these three running backs, in my opinion. And he's not Zach Charbonnet, Damian Pierce, and Javante Williams. So for those reasons, I'm looking to buy because the value's there, but I don't disagree with maybe trying to capitalize at a peak during the season as opposed to letting the Apple run dry by the end of the year. But Chase, I'm curious, do you want to buy or sell Rashad White right now?
0: Rashad White's so old. Like he's 24 yeah. and a half years old at this point, right? Yeah. And you're looking at other running backs that have been in the league for years, and you're like, wait, wait, like Kenny Gainwell is younger than Rashad White. Like, that, that's kind of like bizarre to me. Uh, Rashad White, I was gonna buy him at the level that I saw him at on the redraft, but for Dynasty, it hit he's at what, why are, or running back 13? That's absolutely way too high of a price tag for a guy that's was very inefficient last season right like he's not an efficient running back he's on a bad offense if we project baker mayfield to be what he has been Uh, you know this defense isn't great so the biggest hit though on rashad white drake because i've actually been tooting rashad white's horn because of where he's going in in adp he's going back there like like way back there back by like miles sanders you know type Mm -hmm. numbers but even further than that like i think alexander madison or wherever that, that range ends up falling so I've been grabbing up Rashad White in ball and all sorts of other leagues because of where his perceived value is, but that all gets torn apart. If he doesn't get third down work. if Chase Edmonds is actually better than what we expected, right? He's, you know, goes back and dials the clock back to where he was with Arizona, where he's super efficient on limited touches and they just use him on third downs, which is not traditionally how Tampa Bay uses the running backs. Tampa Bay typically alternates on drives versus, uh, versus uh, uh, downs. So, When you're all attending on drives, Chase Edmonds won't last. He's not going to be efficient like that. But if he ends up stepping into a role where he gets a third down work, I mean, that's that's a huge hit for Rashad White, and you're going to lose all your value. Because now we're talking about a guy that's inefficient, that's just pounding the ball on first and second downs on a bad offense where they know he's going to run because they can't move the ball if he doesn't end up running the ball. And then he loses that third down work on like third and six. Dude, Rashad White's value is in the dirt. So I like him at ADP. I don't like him at the rankings. Uh, so I guess that's a sell,
1: technically, for, for where we have. Chase, do not do this. Do not try to – dude, I you know how hard it was for me to finally quit Chase Edmonds? Do not leave me here on this right. Thursday night rethinking how i want to value chase edmonds because he's i was so high on him last year he's one of my top five
0: guys for my last pick in best ball drafts like i i have like five guys that i have for my last pick for the 18th round pick and best ball drafts and chase edmonds is one of those five guys that i take depending on my build damn it chase i mean if he can get me 12 points a game right and the receiving work you know he gets you five catches you know Fifty yards and then a touchdown every other three games. Dude, that's. Oh, muddy.
1: don't. All right. So, oh god, thank you for keeping me up all night now, having to go back and look at what who else on that offense court, can play that Chase role. Edmonds. Damn it, Chase. Rashad White. God,
0: yeah. It. Yeah. If Rashad White sees a ninety percent snap share, but they're not like. Oh, I think. God. I think that they would rather have Chase Edmonds catching the ball in the backfield on third downs. They would then they would have Keyshawn Bond, alternating drives. We'll
2: see. Well I I don't
0: know.
2: I I, I I'm not gonna, Rashad I'm, White's not gonna I'm not more gonna support Chase Edmonds hype on this show. I'm not gonna support Chase Edmonds hype. Oh, I'm not
0: doing Rashad it. White is not gonna <laughs> see more than and I did a 60% get him in an Animal snapshot. Kingdom.
1: Jason, I did get him in Animal Kingdom like super late in the dispersal. Well trap. that's
2: I'm rostering um, Oh Chase I, I rostered Trestan Edner in that league. You're allowed to roster Chase Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I can't drop Tristan Ebner in one of my leagues yet. It's a really deep league. I can't drop him yet. There's like 30 people, like 35 on the roster. Uh, you start 15. So I can't drop Tristan Ebner yet. I can't. Yeah, do I'm, it. Like, I'm
1: like, ah. all right, guys, let's move on to the third guy on this list because my brain is now melting, thinking about getting back on. It's like I quit the hardest drug in fantasy, which was Chase Edmonds. And now here Chase is getting me back on the. Oh my, all right. It's
2: just because his name is Chase. That's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Chase, you want to talk about Claypool also? We can talk about Chase Claypool. Talk about Chase down. Edmonds. We did Not talk the about in the right NFL. There. Chase Claypool. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Jamar Chase. We're, get, we're, we're, we're getting delusional here, guys. Let's talk about the third guy in this list and the the Biosells. J- I mean, we decided to get. I asked Jason for three names from BioCell, and he threw three straight heaters. All controversial guys here to attack a Biloa. Chase, are you buying? Or selling Tua Tagovailoa.
0: I don't know how you could sell him. Like, he he's not essentially getting the, the value that he's going to deserve. I mean, he was top, what, three quarterback in multiple metrics last season. He's an absolute steal for where he's going right now. Uh, what's his ranking? Quarterback seven? Uh, behind Daniel? Are you guys kidding me? Behind Daniel Jones? Behind CJ Stroud? That's absolutely absurd. Tua Tagovailoa is an absolute beast. Uh, this system fits him perfectly. It's extremely accurate downfield. Uh, he had, what, he was first in uh, deep completion percentage, I believe. Yep. Deep ball completion
1: percentage, yep. He was, uh, first. He was
0: first in um, yards per attempt. Yep. And he was first in yards per completion last season. So I, I think there's all, all three sets, right? So, I mean, like, you're taking a guy that is working with Tyreek Hill, right? You're taking a guy that's that's working with the, the best offensive mind in the game McDaniels like you're taking a guy that's worked with Jalen Waddle who has the speed and has the chemistry. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I I don't get the, the hate I'm buying to. I don't care about the risk. I don't, I'm taking that and I'm running with it. And I'm laughing in your face when I'm putting up 50 points.
1: I'm buying. I think the value's there. Last year's QB9 on a points-per-game basis. I think he's widely kind of viewed as a top 15-20 guy. That's tremendous value to me. He has top 10 upside given these these weapons. And one thing that he finished first in chase that you did forget, even though you nailed all those other ones, adjusted yards per attempt. So even the, in the advanced <sighs> analytics, he was still absolutely dynamite. Give me give me Tua because it, many are going to be betting against the health. What if I just bet on the health? We're really talking about a top 10 with top five upside. I mean, we saw, you know, Geno Smith, top eight last year, and he didn't rush the ball. He just threw for a ton of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Absolutely, it could be Tua. Jason, wrap this show up. Are you buying or selling Tua Tagovailoa?
2: Ultimately, I'm holding just because I. you look at his ranking, and I do think he's ranked kind of fairly based on how the mindset is, but I think he's one of those players, and we've talked about it in another show, I think with, um, with Matt last week, where it's – He's not really acquirable for that price. Anyone who rosters Tua definitely does believe in him and doesn't want to give him up for the Brock Purdy's and Desmond Ritter's plus of the world. Uh, so I think he's a little bit harder to acquire than what his ranking suggests. And because of that, I'm not really buying Tua Tag Eye I'm not, I, I just don't, I,
1: I'm not paying I don't that price. Feel,
2: yeah, I just don't feel like paying up for him. If I have him, I'm holding him or selling him. If I do get a good return, like some of the fancy returns, I do think that you could get a nice cherry on top of the Mac Joneses, the Kenny Pickett's the Jordan loves of the world who have a pretty good wide receiver core, especially Mac Jones when Deandre Hopkins does sign. So I, it, it ultimately, it comes down to what I'm getting for him. And ultimately I align with the hold. I do think he's incredibly talented. You guys highlighted some great points on him. And of course you've got to want a quarterback with Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. That's an insane ceiling from week to week, uh, but it, it just that's just if, where I'm at.
0: If I have to take a, a trade for Tua, I have to upgrade. So I'm looking at the trades right now. Um, I'll give you this one for an example. One that I would not take is Tua for Kyler Murray and a 2024 round three pick. I would not yeah. take that. No, But I, I would give Tua and Brandon Ayuk for Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Like He's I would upgrade. Up the yeah. I would not downgrade. I would not take Mac Jones or Kenny Pickett or anybody like that. Uh, plus to – to, to move off of Tua because mm-hmm. the upside's too great. Like I'd rather, you know, roll the dice with Tua and hope that he can stay, st- stay healthy because yeah. you're talking about such a massive value gap next year. At this time, next year, when we're talking about it too, it could be potentially top five quarterback, right? If he's yeah. healthy, he throws for, for 5,000 yards and, you know, 35 touchdowns. Like he's a top five dynasty quarterback at that point. Mac Jones isn't going to do that for you, right? Kenny Pickett is not going to get to 5,000 and, and, 30, right? They are yeah. not even. They might not even get to 25 touchdowns, to be honest with you. No, I mean, I mean no, the upside is quite there. Stretch. Yeah, and I, when it comes to Dynasty in terms of like when you have these elite-level talents with dynamic offenses around them and it's like a yeah. perfect opportunity, I don't want to change in my chips when I could see a double in my return in terms of value.
1: Yeah, you're That's not fine. selling to a – but you could use him to buy – Lamar. Yes, by yes, yes. Yes. Joe Burrow by Justin Herbert, yeah. Justin Fields, those type of guys. Yes. That makes That's sense good. for
0: sure. It is it is risky holding on to him too. Like to just yeah. point. Like
1: there is risk. fucked no, in no, this. No risk.
0: But it's too valuable of a piece to move off of because the chance of him, you know, dealing with the concussions and whatnot after he's taken the preventative measures, uh, you know, this upcoming year, I think is is pretty slim. We'll see what happens. Yeah.
1: All right, everybody. That's gonna be a wrap on this episode of Trade Gods. I had a blast, Chase. Thank you so much for joining. I'm so happy. I was not traveling this week and had no issues getting on the stream. Although the technical difficulties at the top of it almost prevented this magic from happening, but it could not overcome. Chase, thank you so much. But go ahead, take a second to plug all your socials everywhere your content comes. Out, all the good stuff.
0: Yeah, just go check out all of our stuff over there at ff underscore intervention on Twitter. The bigger part is subscribing to the YouTube channel when we go live weekly. That's youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. YouTube.com slash fantasy intervention. I uh, appreciate you guys for having me on. And, you know, honestly, dude, Maddie, you and I would not be able to have a show. We wouldn't have a show because we would just be like, oh, you agree with me? Yeah, I agree with you. Like, let's go ahead. I know. There was a lot of five. agreeing going
1: on today. Hey, good, good,
0: good,
1: good take. It <laughs> was literally just a lot be of be agreeing like going on giant
0: today. circle jerk, you know, of us just going back and forth, talking <laughs> about how great our opinions are of each other. So, uh, Jason, I... I appreciated the back and forth with you man you're you're that was fun. making it big and I, I love watching your show in the mornings of course the wake and take over there with jason Allwine every morning at 10 a.m eastern time
1: best morning show in fantasy football so chase is the game you're gonna play you're gonna be nice to me but also implant the most deadly fantasy seed of chase edmonds in my brain and just disappear <laughs> what's up oh <laughs> just jason where can people find you yeah, as
2: mentioned, the way can take Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. on this very YouTube channel. Trade God's Thursday night for the best show on the Player Profiler Network. And, of course, now you can find me on the Player Profiler Facebook, the Roto Underworld Instagram, the Player Profiler TikTok, and the Roto Underworld Threads as oh, well. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jason,
1: go you're follow. gonna have to teach me how to figure that out because I don't have one of those. Threads yeah. threads
0: is Jason mistress. Like that that's his mistress
1: off on the side. <laughs> 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 and now I'm seeing threads on the side. You can't stop <laughs> listening to them like Gumar. Here's Gumar threads. You can find me on Twitter though, Matt Maddie kiwoom the game plan each and every Saturday. Check that out. Trade Gods. If you can't get enough of me, I got a Patreon. So go on patreon.com slash the executives with Cody Carpentier. He's Jason Allwine. I'm Maddie Q. We were joined by the great Chase Vernon. We are the trade gods. We'll see you next week. Peace.